Welcome to the Long Thread Podcast, about spinning, stitching, and weaving by hand. This series is sponsored by Long Thread Media, publishers of Spin-Off, Piecework, and Handwoven magazines. Find us online and subscribe at longthreadmedia.com. I'm your host, co-founder Anne Marrow. In this episode, Linda Ligon interviews weaver and author Deborah Chandler. Linda will introduce Deborah, but in case you're not familiar with Linda Ligon's name, you're definitely familiar with her work. She's the founder of Interweave, the founder of Thrums Books, and a co-founder of Longthread Media, where her unofficial title is Instigator-in-Chief. Hi, I'm Linda Ligon, and I'm here in the Longthread Media home office on my dining room table, visiting with Deborah Chandler. If you're an American hand weaver or other type of craftsman, you probably know Deborah as author of the very best-selling book, Learning to Weave, and you may also remember her as the, the uh, popular columnist in Handwoven Magazine called Your Weaving Teacher. But Deborah has lived in Guatemala now for how many years? 20 years. 20 years, and has been spending most of that time working with Maya women, weavers, helping them create and sell and weave and doing all the things they do with their, with their indigenous craft. Um, I want to add to that, helping them to find markets. I never, some people think I went down there and taught weaving, which is, couldn't no, be further no, from the they truth. No, could, no, they could teach you weaving. Right, right. Yeah, yeah so, so that's Deborah's uh, most recent background, is working very closely with Maya women in villages, in small villages in Guatemala, in the in the Guatemala Highlands, and uh, in the last oh I don't know year two years how long has it been that the subject of cultural appropriation has become a big hot button issue, and it's not confined to Guatemala, but that's. That's the manifestation of it she knows, and we're going to talk about it today. And uh, Deborah, I want you to describe a little bit of what that means to people in Guatemala. So a definition of cultural appropriation is that someone from outside the culture is appropriating or taking advantage of something from within the culture. And in this case, what they're talking about is Guatemala and Mayan women have an ancient textile history, remarkable textiles. And they're loaded with designs and symbolism that, that mean a great deal to many people. And what's happening is that more and more the, the actual cloth or the designs are being used by outsiders to make products that they sell for big bucks and the money goes to the outsider, not to the Mayan women or the Mayan community. And there are a lot of people who are very bent out of shape about this. Yeah, you were giving me an example a while ago about the Nawala mm -hmm. uh, sportswear. Do you, do you want to describe that? Yes, this is, this is something that I just saw a few weeks ago. Someone sent me copies of, of ads that were showing up from a couple of different big companies 
And the one I remember best was a, was a, a gym workout outfit. So it's spandex pants and, and an elastic bra top. And um, the, the top has patterns, is patterned, printed on this elastic cloth, spandex, whatever it is, uh, with patterns directly taken from the community of Nawala, for instance. There were a couple of different ones. And in the ad, it says, this is our Nawala line. And it's quite remarkable, actually. There's nothing, nothing even remotely not Nawala suggestive about it. And in the ad, it says that they are paying royalty to the community. The person who sent it to me, who is very involved in the business, says that he's probably 99% sure that that's not happening. And I contacted, I tried to contact the company so I could talk to somebody and find out just how they were doing that, and nobody answered. So I'll pursue that more when I get back home again. But it's, it's the most extreme example. What's, been, what's set this all off more is that there are people going around the highland areas to rural communities where women are desperate for cash, and they're buying their old used wheepils, if they're in any kind of wheepils or the women's tops, that are hand-woven and hand-embroidered. And, and people are buying these, these tops for very little money because and the women are so strapped for cash that they sell them for pennies. And then they take them and they make them into bags or shoes or backpacks or garments or something. But they cut them up and make them into other products, which then sell for maybe $1,500 because they're so beautiful. And so the woman who sold her wheat peel might have gotten 2 or $3. And the woman who finished the bag and sold it is getting $1,500. And there are a lot of people very not happy about that. Now, would it, would it make a difference if the woman who wove the original fabric was getting a whole lot more, say, half? Yes, that would make a difference. It would also make a difference if they were hiring her to weave something like it mm -hmm. so that she was actually earning some money from it. So hiring her and paying her a fair trade yes. wage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be very exciting. And the problem, of course, is that the people using these say, well, we can't afford to use new cloth because it would make the product too expensive and nobody would buy it. And, and as if $1,500 for a bag wasn't too expensive? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it, so mm -hmm. that's, that's one issue is the money thing. Another mm -hmm. is that if someone when someone, not if, this is happening. There are a lot of shoes that are available, not only in Guatemalan fabrics now, but cloth shoes are very in with designs of cloth from many places. And, and yeah. many are being made with Mayan textiles. And there are people who don't like that because a shoe is too lowly and it's insulting to the tradition of this sacred cloth. Now, some of the, some of the cloth that's being used is just yardage. There's, it's not a, there's not a sacred factor yeah. to it. But there are spectacularly beautiful boots that are knee-high boots that have what used to be a wheepil all down the leg. And they're gorgeous, and they mm -hmm. cost a lot of money. But there are people who are highly offended by that. And those are Maya people who are offended. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, understandably so. It is. But there are other Maya people who are selling... I mean, some are, not all used wheepils came from a bad source. Some are women who wanted to sell the wheat peels because they want to make another one or they need the money, but they, and they have enough, and they are selling them at reasonable prices. The problem is 
that you as a buyer, I as a buyer going to the market, and even I having been there 20 years and I have a good idea what I'm looking at, I can't tell where this came from. I can't tell if it was woven specifically for this, if it's new and was paid fairly for, if it's really old and ratty, it's not going to show up in these expensive bags. It, it turns into something else. But I don't know whether it came from a woman who, who sold it for $3 or if it came from a woman who sold it for $50 or if it was made specifically for this. I can't, I, looking at it, I can't tell that. Well, yeah, there, there would be no way to know. No. So, well, I can ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And I think, that, I think there's value in asking the questions. And any of you who are shopping in the market there and, and wondering where it came from, it's good to ask just because it makes people aware. Even if you get a completely fake answer, it's good to be asking the question. So you mentioned fake answer. Is there? Um, it seems like there's a lot of uh, a lot of questionable misinformation. Misinformation. That's yes. the word. Yes. Yeah. Around this whole subject. Absolutely. At, at all levels. So, on the one extreme is a spandex top that claims to be paying the community, which is highly unlikely. But I won't say it's not possible. At the other extreme, are the people who are most um, passionate about this, the, the, the most energetic activists who are saying things that aren't true also. And, um, for example, for example, uh, they're telling women who wear the now printed wheat peels, which is a different issue, but related that those wheat peels will give them cancer or they're saying, um, Museo Ischel, which is the textile museum, Mayan textile museum built specifically to honor, respect, and preserve Mayan textiles, they're saying they shouldn't even exist because they are putting out information without asking for permission and that they're teaching weaving to people who shouldn't be allowed to know how to weave because that's stealing the, the traditions and completely ignoring the fact that there are a great many Mayan people working with the museum and who are happy to be working with the museum. And it's just very so. It's, uh, it sounds sad. like there's just a lot of heat and yes, and contention on all sides. On all this. sides, it's not a it's not a simple issue, is mm -hmm. it? It's not. It's it's hugely complex. And I never knew what a middle of the rotor I was until all of this came up. And what I've always loved about weaving is that it's peaceful. It doesn't require electricity. Everybody likes each other. And to suddenly be in the middle of a battlefield is exhausting to me. Because there are no right answers. There, are no, there, are, there may be a few wrong answers, but there are no, there's no one way to see this, as I see it. Mm -hmm. I think that, that the only way it's going to be resolved, if ever, is, is through some kind of coming together in communication and cooperation and understanding each other's position. A lot of the, the attention to this began when the women who are the most passionate in favor uh, against cultural appropriation presented a law to Congress. The lead woman in this is this a is law the, student. Presented to the Guatemalan To the Congress. Guatemalan Congress. Yeah. Presented to the Guatemalan Congress a law that they wanted to have passed that would grant, first of all, um, copyright regulations, basically. I mean, it's not worded that way, but copyright rules protecting all of their designs and saying that anybody who wanted to create any product 
using any of the mine designs would have to go to the community. Each, each community in Guatemala used to have its own particular design. This is not as true now as it used to be, but you could look at a wheel and know what town it came from by how it was woven. And so their idea was that whatever pattern you want to use, you've got to go to the community it came from, ask their permission, get the permission, and pay a royalty that will then go to the entire community of weavers. There are so many things about that idea that are not workable that it would take 10 minutes just to describe all that. But, and, it, and as far as I know, it got presented a year or two ago and it hasn't really gone anywhere because their Congress is as tangled up as our Congress for the same <laughs> reasons. Um, but, there, but there really isn't a way that you could pay the entire community. And the other thing is some symbols are used in many different communities. So then you go to every single community, whoever used that symbol, and ask them. And there aren't committees, and who's going to make the decision and well, all that stuff. There are, there are a lot of symbols that are used in Maya, in Mayan weaving and also in Lithuanian weaving. And in, Absolutely. Yeah, in Southeast I mean, Asian. And yeah, that eight-pointed star. I mm -hmm. mean, it, it's all over the world. Yeah. So yeah. Who, who gets to have that? Right, right. I have a textile somebody brought me from... Uh, the Himalayas someplace. It's gorgeous. And except for the fact that it's silk, it could be a Guatemalan textile. Mm -hmm. But it's silk, so it's not. Yeah. Well, that doesn't simplify matters, does it? It does not. And one of the things that's... When I first got there, if I told anybody I was a weaver, they either figured I didn't know the language or I was lying because there <laughs> are no weavers outside of Guatemala and there certainly aren't any weavers in the United States. And... Um, by now, I can carry on a conversation where they actually do believe me, but, but there's very little awareness of textiles from other cultures. Ah, yeah. And so the idea that anybody else could be using those symbols is completely out of the realm of possibility because the only thing they've seen from the rest of the world is commercial clothing. Yeah, which we send them in vast quantities. And that they send us because a lot of the clothing factories are there. Oh, that's true. Right, it goes both ways. Yeah. So with all of this contentious back and forth and all of the high, heightened emotions around it, do you, do you find aspects of this movement that you can embrace? I do. I do. I'm not totally thrilled with how they're doing it, but what they're doing is, is wonderful in that they are actively working toward consciousness raising in their own mind community. So the women who are the leaders of what's now being called the Weavers Movement are going village to village, town to town, putting on programs to inspire women to have greater pride in their work, to not sell their wheatfields for practically nothing or even more, and generally raise the consciousness of them, of, of their own community, as to the importance of their textiles and the importance of their culture. And I've, since I've been there, I've seen other efforts at what is being called a pan, PAN, Pan Maya or Pan Maya yeah. movement. Um, because in fact, after 500 years of being stomped on, a lot of people are not thinking about their own Mayan culture so much. They, be, they became Catholic instead of Mayan spirituality. 
and a whole lot of other things. You know, their diets changed and their lifestyle changed and they lived in towns instead of spread out. And, and so what's happening across the board is more people trying to raise consciousness of what it means to be Mayan spiritually from a sacred sense and they and it's and that is wonderful because they have I mean they're way ahead of us on environmentalism for instance because they've been tied to their to their environment and the planet since well they've just they never been never been removed from it exactly yeah. and yeah. so so the more of that that happens the better and so this is another piece of that is reminding the women of what the symbolism means because for many women, they've forgotten that, if they ever knew. You know, it got forgotten generations ago. Um, talking about what different fibers mean, talking, you know, starting to spin again, starting to use natural dyes again. And so I think all of that is a big plus. Is uh -huh. a big plus. Yeah. So do you see, you, you see positive outcomes? You see... I do. And one of the things that's, that's tricky is those of us on the outside, whether we're Ladina Guatemalans or outsiders completely, we want to help. And the best thing we can do, need to do, is stay out of the way because they need to do it themselves. And there may be sideways support we can give. But what I've told people is there was a great scene in the movie Gandhi years ago when the British priest, I think, comes to Gandhi and he says, Gandhi's in jail at this point, and he says, okay, I'm ready, what do you want me to do? And he says, go home, we have to do this ourselves. And it's heartbreaking to us who really care, Yeah. but I think it has to be them. And I think we can be supportive on the outside, and obviously, I mean, in India too, there had to be a lot of support from the outside mm -hmm. to make the changes. And I think that what we can do is work on the those people who are making spandex nawalabras and say maybe that's not the best way to do this. No. Yeah, no, I, I I like that that notion of getting out of the way and mm -hmm. and letting what's really a an astonishingly rich and beautiful textile tradition grow. find itself grow mm -hmm. and find itself in the world. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, interesting, and things will continue to happen. It, it's an unfolding story. Absolutely. And, um, I, I think you know your insights help help us think about that. So thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure.